1: top this top sports same game multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg and with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing you're sure to find a combination unlike any other and they'll let you on for plenty so if you want to get the top odds every time download the app today and bet your way top that visit topsport.com.au Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: Like all responsible content providers, we offer advice. The following may contain sensitive material, the stories and topics may be of a graphic nature and there may be coarse or offensive language. Fuck yeah! This is the Rugby League Superpod. You've been warned. the Canberra Raiders, Hudson Young has joined us for some super serious footy talk. What's the go-to mate, hamburger or schnitty burger?
2: Uh, I'd have to go schnitty burger I think.
0: Okay, where from? Is is there a favourite joint in Canberra that, that dishes up exactly what you want?
2: Uh, yeah, we've got one that we go to pretty much every day. It's elemental. They okay. do it with a lot and you get chips and uh, aioli and that on the side. It's, it's pretty mad.
0: I'll be there within the year 100%. Cheers for the tip mate.
2: <laughs> Sweet mate.
0: Question, what's the greatest sound in the world? But what's better than cracking a coldie? Cracking half a dozen? This is Six Packer Superstars, revealing our top six. Joining us for a six pack is Jaden Braley, who grew up an absolute sharks tragic. So he's been tasked with giving us his six best ever sharks and why. Rip in, mate.
3: Have to say probably, uh, Peachy, yes. Um, he, he'll kill me if I don't say his name. I have to go Gal for sure. Um, I think Val, I think Val's bit was really good in 16. Yeah. I, I think he's he's have to be up there. So, six, did you say three down, three to go? A lot of them are from the 2016, yeah. GF, Fafita. gotta go for Fafita. Yeah. um. What's that, four? Geez, geez, geez. Maloney, potentially. Yeah, that's a good call. Yep. Jimmy Maloney. A lot of it's 2016, which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, one more. I'd go Greg Bird. Who'd you grow up
0: idolising, mate, from the Sharks outfit?
3: Oh, kills me to say, but probably Gal. Was it Gal. really? I'd say, yeah. I oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like, he was always obviously a big leader at the club and he was the face of the club, but... Um, Probably when I was coming through, he was probably my biggest um, like influence yeah. to help me progress into first grade, and it sort of took me under his wing. And where like a, it's pretty well publicised, there yeah. we used to give it to each other, yeah. him him more so to me. Um, but like we just like we bounced off one another, and um, yeah, he just sort of broke me into first grade. So uh, yeah,
0: has he ever shouted you a coffee or a beer? Because he's arguably the oh. tightest bloke in the history
3: of the game. Funny story. Well. He, no, he, to answer shortly, no. He's never never shouted a coffee, but he always forgets his wallet. Or if we go out for coffee, <laughs> say if it's a 3 us, me, you and Gal, and he's got to take off early, right? He'd just reach into his pocket and he'd just, he'd just dump a whole lot of coins on the table and he'd say, there you go, boys, all right, I've got to go. So he never actually shout, yeah? You'd think he'd go up and shout the boys, but... He's always got coins on him, and he's always, um, yeah, just handing us all the all his silvers.
0: Oh, gal, I love it. The dream team episodes are next level. You can listen to them anytime because they don't date, and I reckon you disagree with all of them. It's the ultimate argument starter. Who's in your dream team? You can pick any player from any era, any team, and then combine them. You're the coach. Here's a couple of positional choices from some of the game's best. Well, let's start with Penrith's Luke Garner. Okay, the front rowers, they win us the matches. So who's leading this pack?
2: I've got, uh, for front rowers, I've got uh, Petro, Sivna and uh, Fui Fui Moimoi. Moi. Um, just a, yeah, a bit different there, but I loved watching them two play, and I sort of idolised Petro growing up. So, um, yeah, Fui Fui for the you know the way he sort of attacked the game and, and ran run the ball back, and then Petro just for the for the, for the player he is really. He was a elite player that played um, all levels of the game
0: the biggest human in the history of the world, Petro Sivaneseva, the most destructive but also the most polite, genuine gentleman you will ever, ever meet. And the Tongan Torpedo himself, Fui moy moy he had a couple of years there that were just unbelievable, did the Tongan Torpedo. Okay, our hooker.
2: Yeah, again, luckily enough to, to play with this fellow and, Um, he's one of the one of the better hookers in the game right now, which is uh Harry Grant. Um yeah, he's obviously a um you know, obviously seen what he's done um since he come into the come into the NRL and um it's pretty special to see how far he's gone and and how quickly he's done it. He's um he's a good kid and um definitely um like I said, one of the best nines in the game and very crafty and, and tough and Instinctively, it's pretty crazy to, to see what he's, uh, what he does on a, on a football field.
0: We love our awesome sponsors, Oxworks. Check them out, oxworks.com.au. Up next, the great Bo Scott. What about our centres, mate? Who
4: have you named at three and four? Well, here's another Queenslander with GI. I think... Um, I think I talk about the Queensland team, uh, obviously Cameron Smith and JT and, and the likes, but G.I., he, he held them together. He was, he was one of the massive reasons that they managed to win so many years yeah. in a row. He was obviously a very gifted footballer, but um, just the stature, just, just his presence on the field, he could intimidate you, he could, um, he could win a game single-handedly. Yeah, we are talking about that wonderful Queenslander from Maxville, New South Wales, Greg Inglis. <laughs> <laughs> Can't That's help myself. The That's the one. No. Uh, who have you partnered with him? Oh, I'll put Matt Gidley. Wow, he, um, yeah. Growing up watching kids and obviously when I was sort of aspiring to be a uh, a football player, he was just very talented, loved the way he could, he could mm. pick the defence and knew when to flick pass out of his... Uh, you know what, yeah, and straight out, very, very good, and he, his defense was great too, mm. like he was his stand up there and um yeah, just one of the one of the genuine centers that we've had over the years.
0: not many genuine centers you came into grade as a genuine center, filled out or got slow
4: or ended up in the back row, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it was a genuine center or that's just where I ended up coming <laughs> through the ranks, but yeah, I played a lot of games out wide, and I think it probably um helped me. Uh, defensively going forward, yeah. because it, it, one position in, two positions in, it's, it's huge. It's, mm. it's a massive adjustment to your game, but out wider, you got to make your one-on-one tackles. It's yeah. as simple as that, and you're missing them, and you're um, letting your team down and yourself. But, yeah, um, a lot of games in the centres, and I bobbed in and out of there, but the older I got and the slower I got, I ended up closer to the middle of the field.
0: Because you played both positions, there's the theory that the back rower makes the decision and the guys out wider have to follow that decision, whatever it may be. But it just comes down to the, the one-on-one, doesn't it, for the centre?
4: Yeah, it does out wide. Um, it all depends if your halves are going to play in or outside the centre as well. We yeah. we mix that up over the years as well. Where Centre um, ideally is a two-man yep. and your halves are your 3 men because – should be the easier position. But, um, yeah, I played a lot of centre at the three-man as well and sort of left – well, when I was at the Dragons, we had the Cowie out there, so he was fairly, fairly quick. So he could yep. sort of recover that position as well when he was, was two-man and we obviously tried to not make him make too many tackles at the same yeah. time.
0: Coaching, because, mate, you you are a, a bit of a footy head. Um, there was a time where you, you thought maybe a defensive role – because you had something to offer. Is it still in the back of the mind somewhere?
4: Yeah, yeah, it is. I do a little bit of um, individual coaching, one-on-ones with a few people and um, a few girls Mm -hmm. from out this way at the moment as well. And I'm actually doing a uh, defensive uh, consultancy role with the Dragons um, NRLW team this year. Good on you. With Sowie. With Sowie, yeah. Yeah, Sowie sort of rang me up and asked me if I want to be involved. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. I'll – I'll come down and, and throw him to two, two Bobsworth and say so he's fairly excited about that. So am I. So it's yeah. sort of – I've done a little bit of coaching um, in the country out this way with a few of the representative teams yep. in, that in the last couple of years um, with a bit a few disruptions along the way. But, mm. um, yeah, I'm obviously um, – the defensive side of things I'm, I'm passionate about and mm. I, I think I, I have a fair knowledge of how to – pass on a few mm. tips and pointers to um, 100% to a few guys that want to listen over the, over the sort of coming 6 months good stuff mate uh, that's tremendous to hear plenty of
0: episodes of dream team with some of the biggest names in footy some cracking lists and explanations as well check the back catalog of episodes and rip in you can listen to any of our podcast episodes or interviews at any time because none of them ever date. Let's go back to our legend series interview and a great mate, Tigers royalty, Robbie Farrar. You played in an era with arguably the best ever, certainly the most capped ever. Same position too. I'm speaking to Cameron Smith. What are your thoughts
5: on him and on him as a footballer? Mate, unbelievable player. Um, obviously brought out the best in me as well because yep. you're always striving to... To emulate what he's doing. Um, we had some great battles in the state of origin. Um, unfortunately, for me, um, at times I was like indiv- individually, I, I felt like um, I could compete with him, or whatever. But you know, the results show that they, they had an unbelievable team through that era, and, and I was on the wrong side of a lot of that. Um, and then and then with Australia too, you know, going to camp, and um, he was always. Obviously, the, the number one hooker and, and captain, and I sort of had to bide my time and wait for an opportunity. But you pick up things from the way he trains and um, the way he plays. Um, and as I said, you, you sort of you sort of need those those rivalries because it makes you strive to get get better yourself. Um, and I remember I came under criticism. I think it was in two thousand fourteen after we'd won finally won Origin, and I got asked a question. Um, by the media, and, uh, and they said, "Oh, you know, do you think Cameron Smith's better than you?" And and my answer was, well, "No, I don't." I said, "I don't think anybody's better than me because if if I thought that, I've I'll go out on the field. I've already lost the battle." Yeah. Um. I said, and that's just my personal mindset. When I go out on the footy field, I don't think anybody's better than me. Um. You and can't. it wasn't. A, no, you can't, and it wasn't a um arrogant answer or yeah. or, a, or a cocky answer. It was just that's the mindset you need to be the best. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, the best in the game, and and I remember the next day the headline in the in the paper was, "Oh, Farah thinks he's better than Smith," and you know, it blew up and people yeah you know, yeah people were laughing about it and, and whatever. But but that's that's the way I thought. And if people wanted to laugh about it, well then that's their problem. But my mindset was always was yeah, no, he's not better than me because um, you know, he's got the jersey that I wanted, the Australian jersey, and and when you got in a state of origin you know, he's my opposite number. I've got to get it over him. And if I thought he was better than me, I'd already lost the battle. So, and, and to this day, I, I still don't, you know, I still don't think that. In my That's that's just in my mind was, you know, I wanted to be the best and I had to think that of myself. Unbelievable player, obviously, and, uh, you yeah, know, credit to him. You will probably never see another player play the amount of games uh, he played and achieve what he did. Was Smith your biggest and fiercest rival or someone else? Yeah, obviously, um I know you're talking about Mick Ennis here, you're alluding to that. Um and again, um, we probably brought out the best in each other and we were striving for that New South Wales jumper after Bedsy retired. Um, you know, Danny Badiris, you know, had a mortgage on that yeah, that New South Wales number nine for a long time and and then, you know, me and Mick came through the grades and um Mick was that sort of person where nobody liked on the field. That was just the way he played, you know. Um most still so don't. Yeah, but funnily enough, to me he was always nice on the nice on the field. So, was he? Yeah, he never really tried to get under my skin too much. Maybe because he knew I was better than him. But um, <laughs> uh, but um, but no, we always had a a good rivalry. Um, he was a competitor. You know, you, you respect him uh, for the competitor he is. Mate, off the field, he's actually a really good bloke. Um, he came in Origin camp in when I missed the decider in 2015 with a broken hand. Mm. Uh, he came in as the nine and, and I, I was still part of the the camp and was helping out and, you know, got along with him really well and worked with him really well. And uh, even to this day, um, you know, I see him and um, we're, you know, I'd like to say we're, we're good friends off the field. And another guy that's joined us on the podcast is Walkers On, Walkers
0: On. Chris Walker and, yes, we talk about it.
6: This is a cool story. I had um, Ben and Shane were both playing for South Sydney. I was playing for Roosters and... I got a phone call from Shane, my brother, and he goes, what are you doing on Sunday? So Us us Roosters players, probably sit at the Sheaf or maybe down at Ravisi's on the piss. Yeah. He goes, no, mate. He said, um, 12.30, finger Wolf, Wollamaloo. So what are we doing? He goes, Russell wants to meet us. This is on the Wednesday or Thursday. I said, fuck, what's he ever want to meet him with me for? He goes, I don't know. Just be there. Anyway, so we rocked up, walked over, had a meet, walked, got ushered up into his unit at Finger Wharf and um walked in, met there by one of his minions. Anyway, sent it, he sent us into uh the office. So there's me, Ben and Shane walked into the office. We weren't allowed to take managers, we weren't allowed to take partners. It was just strictly me, Ben and Shane. Yeah. Anyway, walked in into this amazing library at, at Russell's apartment That he there's four apartments on one one floor he converted them into his whole house one was a living quarters for whoever was working there or his maid, or his you know, kindergarten teacher for the kid I don't know but we were sitting there and we walked in and uh, Peter Holmes of Court was sitting in the room and I didn't even know who really Peter Holmes of Court was yeah. at the time um, Peter Holmes of Court's assistant Russell and his assistant and we walked in sat down on these big leather couches like it was something out of a scene of a movie. It was so rad. And uh, we walked in and we got talking and you know, started with a small talk and, and then Russell said, right, what, what we're about to talk about um, in these four walls, boys, doesn't leave the room because no one knows about it except for Peter, these guys behind us, the assistants, our solicitors. So in total, there's probably about eight or ten people that know about it. So whatever we talk about stays here. I was like, right, this is this is going to be cool, anyway. So he goes, right, we want to take over South Sydney, we want to take over the bid, South Sydney, um, and then got talking about the plan and all that sort of stuff. And wow, um, I sort of put up my hand. So that's great, um, Russell. I said, where do I fit in? I said, I'm playing at the Roosters, and he said, well, the reason why we want you boys here is because we want to make South Sydney a family club, like. You know, back in the day there was gangsters hanging around the joint, all that sort of stuff. Um, he goes, We wanna we wanna clean the image up. He said, We you know, I respect George He, like did not say a bad word about the guys who own the club, loved them because of what they'd done. And Mm. yeah, he spoke very, very highly of them, which I thought was very classy, him and Peter. But he said, you know, we wanna we just wanna take this. He goes, This is my beloved Souse. I just want to take this, I wanna use what I've got. He said, I wanna, I wanna know. He goes. The reason why we got here, you guys. He said, "I want to buy you back, making a family club." You guys. That he used to call us the Walker Corporation. <laughs> and um, and and then he and then he like he's like he's such a cool dude. Like yeah. like I, I don't care what anyone says about Russell Crowe. I'm a massive fan of him. I didn't sign at the time, but I'm still a fan of what he's just a, like. He was a genuine guy, like a real genuine stand up bloke.
0: Any episode, any time, you can download the lot of them legends. we got you covered. Here's a short interview from way back with the little general, Stacey Jones, about the 2002 NRL grand
7: final. Um, we had a, you know, we had a good balance of players. We had a tough forward pack, you know, with Jerry Tukes, Arwen, obviously Campo, Logan, Y, Villa. Um, and, you know, it was probably a period where I was – Um, able to play my best football and uh, I had a really good dummy half you know, I had PJ Marsh who was he was outstanding the deliverance that he would give you um, his craftiness around the ruck, you know, so I think at that time we just had a good balanced team
0: That was the year the Bulldogs were stripped of their competition points for significant salary cap breaches and significant as in very bold text there. You finished minor premiers and you were grand finalists. Unfortunately, you ran into the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. What a side yeah. that was.
7: Yeah. Um they were just you know, cracking red hot. Yeah. Um defensively they were they were a step ahead of everyone else. Um, um you know, they, they just took time away from you. I remember yeah. playing against them. I think they beat us by forty, um, second to last round of the the season, and then um, yeah, they would they just took away your time. They were aggressive line speed, yep. um, and then obviously they're attacking with with Freddie leading the way. Um, was very tough. So, mm.
0: the Roosters' side in their defence that season did it change the game and how the game was played?
7: I think so. Um, the way that you defend that and I felt that they you know you can't get up every week to yep. defend like that at some stage it'll it'll sap you but you know, they did it for what three or four years yeah. um, the way they did it you know, late, uh, you know I think two thousand and three, two thousand and four they make mm-hmm. those grand finals yeah. um, you know so uh, um, yeah, they did it for a long period of time and you know it was very tough to play against
0: it was one of the most brutal grand finals i can recall 6-2 at half time and then just after the break you scored a try that try what can you recall from that moment
7: uh yeah I, look i remember you know going in at half time i felt you know we we were right in the game um we were unlucky not to score right on half time um, I think it was Justin Murphy who was chasing a kick at the ball bounce one way, but had to bounce the other, he would have scored. And then coming in at halftime, you know, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. Um, and uh, fortunately for us, we got off to a good start. Jerry um, took the ball into the line and offloaded and gave me a bit of space. And it's one of those things that you just go, wow, you know, you see the trial and just go for it. And, um Yeah, you know, it was a special moment, but obviously I'd give that back any day um, to have the the win.
0: Imagine having three family members that all played first grade, state of origin, and for Australia. Be huge. Kevin Kerrod and Steve Walters did just that and Billy is the first of the next generation, and he has joined us. Mate, going to ask you to give us your summary of each of the old blokes and what you remember of them as footballers. We'll start with Stephen. Yeah,
8: Steve. So I've been told a lot, actually, that um, Steve kind of changed the way the dummy half was played, yeah. you know, um, and I hear a lot about the rivalry that he had with Benny, Benny Elias, but... Um, Yeah, I hear a lot, even even from Cameron Smith when I did time in Melbourne. He used to to speak pretty highly of of what Steve did to the game for dummy half. So, um, yeah, he he was great, box
0: head. Yeah, box certainly was. And, you know, up until the last couple of years with Cameron Smith, Steve was pretty much at the top of most everyone's list when you talk about modern-day hookers. What about Kerrod? Yeah, Kerrod.
8: So, Kerrod's, I guess, pretty similar. Dad always told me growing up that, Kerrod was probably probably the best of the three, but yep. um, just with the way things went, I think there was a time that Carried was the nine for origin but got suspended yep. and then Steve took his spot the next origin and then never looked back. So, um, yeah, I heard Carried was, was definitely different and, um, and very good, but um, it was always good to watch him and Dad go together, you know, playing twins, playing yeah. at the Broncos there for a period. So, yeah, it was great watching him grow up as well.
0: What do you remember about Dad, mate?
8: Um, I remember Dad got carried a lot by Alfie Langer. So yes. um, love nah. that shit. Yeah, that was great. That that um, I I kind of feel like I I try and play a little bit like him, kind yeah. of off the cuff, kind of footy, kind of eyes up. I guess you know it's a bit hard to do that these days, but um, yeah, he was just great. He him his connection with Alfie was unbelievable, and um, the way the way those two played together is something that you know every kid grows up and wanting to do. Is there pressure being a second generation footballer? Or have you ever felt pressure with the surname Walters? Um, not really, to be honest. Dad, Dad's never really pushed it. He's always kind of um, he never wanted that situation. So mm. if we didn't want to play rugby league, he was never trying to force us to play it. Even though you know me and all my brothers all grew up wanting to play rugby league, yep. so that was never a real issue. But and I cop a bit of stick here and there, but um, I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, to have Kevin Walters as your dad is pretty special. So um, yeah, I'll cop the heat for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's probably one of the lowest forms of, uh, of sledging, a bit like a sledge we heard last year, uh, go back to reserve grade. You've got to come up with something better than that. Yeah. You reckon who would have, who'd be the best sledger out of the three of them, Box, Kerrid or Dad? Um, Dad's probably the loudest and Kerrid, they're, they're probably the loudest and,
8: and yappiest. But yeah. um, I think when, when, when Boxhead says something, it's definitely probably the wittiest. So I'd probably have to go with Steve on that one.
0: Another great rugby league family, the Walters crew. Want the ultimate unfiltered message for your mates? I'll say anything you want. Ripping heads off and shitting down necks all day long. Find me on swish at swish.com. Western Sydney has long been, still is, a great nursery and pathway system for junior footballers in the Parramatta and Penrith catchment area. The Hills Sports Highs has established itself as the place to school. Somehow, maths and science, they're not a priority. Footy is, as it should be too. A former student of the school has joined us for a chat from the mighty eels, the mighty, mighty Parramatta eels, Oregon Kafusi, what made this school so good in terms of footy, mate?
9: Um, I guess just the, the whole developing um, of the players and uh, the nursery that they had. A few of the boys that had graduated and um, played first grade, it sort of speaks for itself.
0: certainly does. How much of the focus is footy? How much is schoolwork? Or is school work pretty much studying game plans and training?
9: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, sort of the... Uh, the hard way. A few of us boys learned. Yeah. Um, just knowing to when to prioritise mm. uh, football and um, schoolwork. So yeah, yeah, it was a it was a bit bit tough because um, you know we, we sort of um, had a focus of wanting to be a professional athlete one day, yep. but also um, you know staying on top of your of your grades and exactly. And Mate, um, Queensland, you know,
0: probably even before you, your time, yeah. they had Kebra Park uh, and Palm Beach, Currumbin. They had the footy schools, and New South Wales didn't for a long, long time, and Hills and Westfields uh, really, you know, it's, it's attractive for young kids and young kids with families that have got some uh, sporting ability.
9: Yep, yep, yeah. So it's, yeah, I sort of, um, just about 2000 and. 15, 16, 17, um, schoolboy cut was, I felt the talent was out. Uh, yep. Western Sydney had Westfields, uh, Hill Sport, and, and Patrician Brothers that had. Um, of course. Quite a few, yeah, quite a few boys that are now playing first grade.
0: Let's run through a list of guys that have been through the school Wade Graham, George Tafua, uh, Regan Campbell Gillard, Maniah Cherrington. Uh, currently Jeremy Marshall King as well. Uh, there are more. A couple of other reels as well. Which of your current teammates did you go to school
9: with? Yeah, so I was um, quite fortunate enough to to go to school with these boys and then sort of develop uh, through the Parramatta system. I was with um, Hazy Dunster and uh, Dill Brown.
0: Wow. What was Dylan like back then?
9: Oh, so he only caught the the last few years – um, once he came over from New Zealand, but he was a, he was a bit quiet at first, and then he, he sort of found his um, found his mojo, I guess, and then his shell, he was out of it,
0: out of it, and will never ever go back into his shell. I wouldn't think. <laughs> Who uh, you came through the eels, obviously, mats and balls. You played Aussie schoolboys as well. Who was in that Aussie schoolboys side that we might know?
9: Yes, yeah, so I was um, alongside obviously Dill Brown. Um, a few of the boys from Penrith. Um, okay. Pretty sure that was uh, Spencer. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but um, I ended up withdrawing my my spot from the from the schoolboys that year. For what reason? Uh, so we'll uh, NYC. Of course, that's <laughs> yeah. right. That is one of the
0: craziest things. The clash, the calendar clash between yeah. NYC and and schoolboys, and it meant you young blokes had to make a decision one way or the other, and, and I thought it was unfair. Never mind. Cool. Look back on the early years. Appreciate it. we'll chat again soon, Oregon.
1: So good. Having a bet on sport or racing this week? Top this. With literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you covered. Whether you're into soccer, cricket, basketball, or want to try your hand on the horse's harness or even greyhounds, there's something for everyone. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out! Well, let's start with the Black Flash, Larry Corowa. This is from the Duggan family in West Who was the toughest
10: winger to mark up against for you, Larry? Oh, there was a few. There's a few. <laughs> uh, Terry Fay, number one. Yeah. Oh, man. Big you for know? his time. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other guy was um, the guru. Yeah. He was very... <laughs> he was that low to the ground, you, you yep. know, you had to sort of jump on him to, <laughs> you know, but he it, it pushed me away like a, you know, blowfly. But um, Kerry Bowstead. Yep. Right. Little man, but... Could he play? Yeah, he's wonderful. He could he was one of them blokes I couldn't get around.
0: Okay.
10: Because he had the speed to get around me too yeah. and he had that technique to hit me and drop me around the hips yep. straight away. So he was the other uh, he was the other winger in um seventy nine when um Great Britain came out. So me and of course. Bowie Bowie were the wingers then. But uh, mate, back then we had wingers like um, Ian Schubert, Chrissy Anderson, yep. you know, Slippery, yeah. and you know, you had a ton of them there that could anyone could have played for Australia. Yeah. But Terry Fay and uh, Bowie and the Guru.
9: Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a great three. And the only fella to have won a premiership with two Queensland clubs, my man Benny Hannon From Billy H, with the new rules, is it going to eventually mean the end of the big front rower or not? I'd love your thoughts.
11: I don't think it will be the end of it. I think the game always evolves and people find ways to make the game work for them. Yep. I love the new rules where uh, obviously it's a six again. I love seeing the – and we're seeing the best props of the game stand out now. We're seeing ones with big engines, yep. with skill and big engines push through. But there's, there's still a place for a prop to play 15 minutes at a time. You yep. just, just got to be wise at what you do with your bench. So you see there's, there's times and places for both, but I think we're really highlighting – The props, who aren't just great at carrying the ball and making 50 tackles, props Mm. that got more strings to their bows because, yes, they're fit, yes, they've got skill, Mm. but they'd be able to put all that together in crucial moments. They're the ones standing up and and shining at the moment.
0: Isn't the interchange even more crucial now? Under these new rules, there was a period of time where coaches were using the interchange and you knew almost to the minute he'd come off, he'd come on. Now it's more about feel of the game.
11: It's exactly right, and I think it's great because it's it's making the the great coaches shine as well. Yeah. because that the right time they're putting right, and same vice versa, coaches with with less experience or struggling, you can see when they're making poor decisions with their yeah. inter-chain bench if they're running out and they're they're left in a vulnerable situation. But the bench also, you look at the teams that win the comp. It's, it's a big part of them winning the cup. Everyone thinks it's the 13 players on the field. Mm. It's who's on the bench that makes yeah. a huge difference because that's where momentum swings. So that 20, around that 20-minute mark, yep. when they come on, there's fatigue in the game now. Yeah, It's who comes on and injects, keeps that team going forward mm. or takes them to that next level. It's it, a crucial time. There's points in the game where it can go either way, and mm. that's the time where fatigue's really in the match. The next fresh players come on, they can even inject some great – energy mm. or they can go missing so depending on who you've got in your roster and what you can use you look back at every time a comp's been won by a side you look, you can look at the 20 minute mark yeah. around that 10 minutes after half time 20 minutes after half time there are times where the game really swings and changes so it's so crucial it's not 13 players that win the, it takes a squad of 30 but yep. if you want to win that game on the, on the night 17 players have to perform
0: Aussie footy shorts footy shorts with pockets hear that Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. Footy-shorts.com.au Last Chance Legends, we're giving away 20 pairs of Aussie footy shorts. Check the latest video out on our socials. It's on both Facey and Insta. All you got to do is answer one simple question. Ends this weekend. Aussie footy shorts. Footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. Shorts for any occasion. footy-shorts.com.au Latoka, Fiji is the second largest city Actually, I'll stop there. Why the hell am I doing this? I've got Wanga Blake here as my guest. He was born there. He was raised there until about nine. Mate, tell us a little bit about your hometown.
2: Yeah, it's a little little, um, little town in the western side of Fiji. It's not too far from uh, Nandi. It's pretty much where all the tourists and everyone goes. And, um, yeah, that's where I was born. It's a little, they call it a little uh, the Sugar City. Yep. Because that's where like they the all the sugarcane crops and all that come from. But yeah, it's a very, very hot, humid town, and um yeah, it's not too much of a, too much exciting about it, to be honest.
0: Nice, quiet Fijian time. It's on the water there on that coastline. Looks phenomenal though, mate. Looks so beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's nice. Uh every time, like whenever I can, I try to go back there and straight. Still got family there now. And yeah, obviously, when, like you said, the water and the beaches there. No, it's really good.
0: Only a small place, um, but also home to former major winner. I think he actually won a few majors in Hall of Famer, of Vijay Singh.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, you know, what I actually didn't know Vijay Singh was from Latoka. There you That's go. The funny thing, yeah. No, that's bad. Yeah, I didn't even know that. There we go.
0: A little history lesson on Latoka (laughs) Fiji with one of its stars, Wanga Blake. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize simple oh yeah a couple of cracking reviews this week and all of these following people gave us the five star treatment as well so they're all getting a trucker's cap congrats to Damon Robinson, Shane Wilshire, Mick Bevan, Billy McIntosh and Wayne Cross five out and out legends five trucker's caps coming your way, leave a review might be you next week We're done on another episode of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. If you're enjoying the content, tell your mates, tell your Uber driver, the bloke at work, even your in-laws, whoever. Spread the word, legends. Everyone's welcome here. Be staunch and help your old mate out. Throw a five-star rating and review on the app you're listening on. I'm giving out free wristies for that one too. It's time for the weekend. Time to grab a pizza, open a couple of coldies, have a crack on the punt. And don't forget, as always, back Pikey in the last.